G'day, welcome to Stat Stuffers. As always, I'm your host, Ramiz, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Dylan. What it do, guys? What it do. So, Dylan had a bit of an idea. Um, I'm going to throw you under the bus and make you explain <laughs> it. You said you didn't want to, but you have to anyway. Okay, so what we're doing today, guys, is we're going to review some trades. I was sitting here in my chair, doing my uni work, thinking it's time for another Stat Stuffers pod. And I thought, let's get some trade talks flowing, you know? It's not quite officially off-season, but it's also the off-season. Um, so I thought we'd have a look at some trades that are going around the internet and give a bit of a ranking through our GM DMs ranking. So a little game, yeah. We're calling yeah. GM DMs. Yeah, so... so we- uh- yeah, Dude, go ahead. No, everybody's go I'll, ahead. I'll go for it. <laughs> so in GM's DMs, we have three different rankings that we will determine each trade. To, so each trade will fall into one of these three rankings. The first one is slide it in to the DMs. So that's if this is a good trade. You want this trade. Both teams want this trade or all teams involved are going to want this trade. You slide in. If one team might be a little bit unsure about it, might be like, we could maybe do this, but we'll get back to you. We'll get back to you. That's a heart react. That that falls into the heart react category. You know, you've seen it, you acknowledge it, you'll get back to it. And if one team really hates it, does not want anything to do with this trade, you leave them on red. Ooh, the cold it's rough. shoulder. It's rough. <laughs> As someone who gets left on red on a weekly basis, not fun. Ramiz <laughs> <laughs> will be our expert left on red trade. Actually, I get left on delivered more than I get left on red. <laughs> what do you find worse? I hate being left undelivered. I hate it more than being left on red, weirdly. I mean, at least I uh, I have to disagree. I th- at least you get closure on left on red, you know. You know that they've seen it and that it's... That's yeah, like, no, that's why I'm saying I hate left undelivered. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, that's true, that's true. Okay, fair. I don't get any closure, you know? Did they see it? Did the like notification pop on their screen and they just didn't open it? What's going on? <laughs> okay, no, I agree, man. I agree. Yeah. No. <laughs> All right. So, we each scoured the internet and found four trades and made up one of our own. Um, so, Dylan, do you want to start with your first trade and we'll see where it falls into the GM's DMs? All right. So, I've I've cheated a little bit with my first trade here. It's not a specific trade. <laughs> cheating already. Straight out, straight out of the gates. I'll let you know how this works, guys. I'm cheating straight away. My trade is any sort of Harden for Embiid or Simmons trade. I actually I still just, one of those. <laughs> and I was considering bringing it. Yeah, I mean, I see, I've seen a bunch of them, but j- literally any of them. Uh, and my point, is, my thing is that you're just missing the point if you pull off this trade, especially for the Sixers. I mean, either combination of Harden and Bead or Harden and Simmons is more or less the same problem that you already have with Simmons and Embiid together, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, Harden's such a ball-dominant guy that you're already taking away from Simmons' strength of being a passer, creator. He's obviously not a shooter, so he's not a spot-up guy. So he needs the ball in his hands. And that's already where you see him less effective is with the ball out of his hands. And I don't think that changes just because Harden's on the perimeter and Embiid's or Embiid's in the post, you know? The problem still exists that Simmons doesn't have the ball and he can't create, so he's really ineffective. 
And then so with you're kind of saying, so the, are you saying like the problem isn't you know it means inability to really shoot? It's the fact that someone else is taking the ball out of Simmons' head. I mean, pretty much. Like yeah, and it's just the fact that Harden needs the ball because Harden also doesn't do anything off the ball. He just stands there. Yeah, he doesn't do any cuts. He doesn't make any movements. He just stands there. And I mean, maybe that's part of the rocket system that he's in that he's been in the last couple of years. We'll see if that changes with Borigon and uh, a new head coach. But I mean, I don't see it any better with Simmons. And then if Harden and Embiid are together, that's pretty much the same problem that they already have with Simmons out there. The only yeah. thing is that Harden can shoot, but like I said, yeah. Harden doesn't move off the ball. So if you know, if you get Harden away from Embiid while Embiid's posting up, you could just you could still double Embiid. Like Harden's not I mean, going to move to kill you. Yeah, there's a reason the Rockets went really small, and they you know they've constantly tried to shift and get guys that don't take up any space at the post, guys that just play out. So you know Harden has every bit of like every meter of the court to himself, really. Exactly, and, and yeah, with Embiid in the that. way, yeah, with Embiid in the way, who's a non-shooter, um, at least efficiently. But yeah, that takes away from Harden's strength as well. So I just think any sort of Harden to Philly sort of trade is is missing the point of what's wrong with the Philly team. What about for the Rockets, though? I mean, for the Rockets, you'd rather have Simmons, just sort of for the NBA that we're in. I mean, even with I mean, Russell. So, I mean, like, you trade harder. Does it, you know, does that move the needle for the Rockets in any way, shape, or form? You know, could you uh, see a trade where they benefit from. No. No, I don't think either MB or Simmons and any sort of package that comes with them for Harden makes them better than they are, especially yep. with Russ, another year older. But, I mean, maybe they start a rebuild. With with one of those young guys that are slowly getting older, but is it yeah. a young guy? <laughs> he's like yeah, how how old is Embiid now? I think he's like twenty six, twenty seven. Yeah, I mean, so no, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't classify him as a young guy. He's going to get heaps better over the next few years, especially with his his injuries and his conditioning. Like he's not mm. sort of a, yeah, a young guy. So yeah, no. I mean, I think the Rockets would rather have Simmons, but I don't think that. You know, they, I think they'd rather have Harden. Harden. Yeah, I think they'd yeah. rather have Harden altogether. So what? Both both teams leave each other on red if either one goes for it. I think they should. I don't know if they will, but I think this should be a left on red for sure. I don't see this I moving see the it, needle for either team. I could see the Sixers giving it a hot react. I could see them, you know, thinking about it, being like, okay, we can make a couple other moves here to go along with this and make it a lot better. Whereas I feel like the Rockets can't do that in the same sense, like. Yeah, you can get Embiid or whatever, but then, you know, make, trading Russ isn't just like another move. It's another massive move, which might be very difficult to pull off. So I think yeah. the Rockets are like, yeah, we don't even worry about this. We'd have to completely change everything about our team and every bit of our system and everything we've built over the last few years, whereas the Sixers could maybe get away with doing a bit less. Yeah, I think the situ- the the situation is... Uh, yeah, see, I don't know, because Harden's obviously the best player out of those three, but yeah. the fit is, yeah, the fit is what concerns me. But yeah, definitely for the Rockets, I mean, you can't just be like, oh, we've gotten bead, we'll just move Russ now. Like, yeah. moving Russ almost isn't an option anymore. 
you're sort of stuck with him, or at least getting, I don't know, 20 cents on the dollar for a Russ trade with that contract. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, there's so few guys who earn that much. You know, maybe you could get like a two for... You could probably get a two for one somewhere, like two pretty decent players. I don't know that people want that contract with his age and his injury history. I don't know Mm. if you get two decent players. I think you get a decent player, salary, and maybe a late first or a couple seconds. Maybe Maybe. even I don't know. Maybe even the Rockets have to throw in a pick for the other team. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I guess it depends on the team. You know, if they're. Yeah. If they're a young team, then absolutely not. If they're a potential contender, then, you know, you could talk yourself into it. Maybe, a contender maybe. who's maybe a little bit past their window. It's like, oh yeah, Russ could maybe bring us back no, to our window. Another roll of the dice. Yeah. And again, that's exactly what the Rockets did. Who exactly, with Russ. Yeah. Kind of been a little bit past their window for a couple of years now, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they, so yeah, I'd say I'd say this is a left left on red. For for both teams, I don't think either team wants any part of this. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I, I'd be inclined to agree with you. I, may, like I said, maybe you could convince me that the Sixers will heart react it, but no, I'd say leave it on red. Um, <laughs> Rockets will probably leave the window limit even. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, see, my first trade here. See, I don't know about this one. It's it's interesting to me. So, uh, this trade, the Blazers shake it up a bit. So the Blazers receive Maxi Kleber, Tim Hardaway Jr., a 2020 first round pick. So the Mavs 2020 first round pick for CJ McCollum. So obviously, you know, you could argue that David Lillard and CJ McCollum, that experiment might have kind of reached its end. Like, it's been like that. They've been running with that, you know, duo for what, three, four years even by now? It feels feels like forever. Uh, It feels like forever. But yeah, something like that, probably five years or something. Yeah, it's like Four, yeah. they haven't had the success. I know a lot of injuries and like they could come back next season and be a lot better, you know, with Nurkic healthy because when Nurkic is healthy, he's, you know, one of the better centers in the NBA. Uh, Gary Trent's, you know, good for them as well. But I don't know. I just feel like you kind of need to move on from CJ McCollum. And this is almost like a two for one sort of thing. It's like you get a pretty decent player in return with Tim Hardaway Jr. You get a decent center in return with Maxi Kleber. And then you also get a first round pick. Maybe the first round pick's a bit much. Do we know what that... You've got here 2020 first round pick. Do we know what that pick actually is? Uh, I don't know what number it falls under. For the Mavs, so it'd be... Uh, be like late teens, low 20s? Question mark? 18. Um, 18. Yeah, I might be a little bit much for McCollum. Um... See, I'm not. I don't know. I think you might need the, or the Blazers would definitely want the pick. We'll say, we'll put it that way. Yeah. Whether the Mavs would be. Yeah. I mean, I like. I kind of. I've seen a lot of trades involving Maxi Kleber. For the Mavs, I kind of love Maxi Kleber. I don't want him to go anywhere. I do like Maxi Kleber. He was awesome against Kawhi in the first round. I mean, Kawhi. Yeah. Kawhi was, you know was amazing but maxi stayed with him really well it made him take tough shots which Kawhi made because you know he's good like really good but um yeah <laughs> yeah no i kind of lo- i'd love maxi kleber with with the with the mavs i don't want to see him get traded but in terms of this trade i think that's pretty good value for 
McCollum. I don't know if the Blazers get enough on court back. I guess with the 18th pick. I mean, I, I like I like Tim Hardaway for it. I feel like he does replace a fair amount of McCollum's production. Not all of it, obviously, but it's not it's not terrible. And I think part of it is just like, you just need to shake things up a little bit. You really do need just a little bit of a shift. Because if you're running with the same team year after year after year after year, and it hasn't worked yet, it's not going to work now. Yeah, true. But I think if the Blazers were to shake things up, it would be going. It would be swinging for another star rather than trading down for more pieces. That's fair. I, I okay. see. I'd see them. I'd see them because, yeah, on paper, Hardaway replaces a fair amount of Collins production of McCollum's production. But I'm I'm scared of Hardaway in a bigger role on the Blazers, and. So I don't know how efficient he becomes if he's given more shots and more responsibility in the offense. But um, yeah, I mean, I guess he would kind of be their second, maybe third offensive option. Which yeah, he'd I really mean, he'd, he'd be their him. second perimeter option. Yeah, but I don't love it either. Oh, Gary Trent, Gary Trent could be could take over as that option. I I I have a strong belief in him, but yeah, I'd still think you'd rather have McCollum either way. Yeah, uh, yeah, so, yeah. So the. I think the I think the Mavs would say yes. Yeah. Uh they they'd slide into the DMs, but I think the Blazers the yeah, the Blazers would probably probably leave it on red because I think their path to contending uh in quotation marks there is through another third star through a guy okay. like like Kevin Love or Blake Griffin. So Sort of like the Westbrook situation where a guy you're sort of hoping still has a bit left in the tank to to perform at that star level that he once was. So are you saying keep McCollum as your third guy and then ha- bring it another second guy? Sort of. Yeah, thing? yeah. Okay. You'd keep McCollum. Okay. Um, I definitely think the Mavs slide in. I, I think this makes a lot of sense for them. They get just that extra little bit of production. They get another scorer, which they could have used at times. You know, I don't know how reliable Tim Hardaway will be. Um I do like Maxi Kleber, but you know, give Bobby a few minutes. Um Yeah. Yeah, no, I I think the Mavs slide in. I think the Blazers heart react. I think they think about it and be like, you know, if, come, you know, middle of next season, if they're not significantly better than this year, I think they do need to think like, okay, let's shake this up in some way. If we can't get a better player, if we can't move up and get a star, maybe we shake this up and just get a couple extra assets, if nothing else. Yeah, that's definitely fair. I mean, they are definitely weak on the on the rotation as a whole. I mean, Wenyan Gabriel was getting a fair bit of run in the playoffs, so I think they would definitely enjoy having more rotation guys. But I think, yeah, I don't know if they if they like the idea of having Dame really be the only star on that team. After we saw yeah, him, I mean, really tire out. I mean, I, in those city I would games. I to say he is though. <laughs> Well, I think CJ McC- McCollum isn't a star to me, personally. I I think he's a good volume scorer, but I think a lot of guys in his role could do that same thing or a very similar thing. Yeah, but I they're not get, they're not getting of, back a guy that could also that could do what McCollum does, in my opinion, in this trade. Okay. All right. Well, so yeah. it's it's a it's a yes on the Mavs part. It's a solid heart react or a left on red on the Blazers part, but. No, I don't think yep. either of us think they would like definitely take that deal. 
No, not in a heartbeat, no. All right, what's do you want to move on to your next one? Yeah, I'll go to my next one. This is a this is a fun one that I saw. I mean, this is this also has to do with the Blazers. This is a Damian Lillard to the Golden State Warriors trade. Interesting. This is my call it now trade. This is the wrap it up. We don't need to play. They don't need to worry about their limited off season. We could just give them the rings now. The championship's done. It's sort of yeah. It's it's fine. It's over. Yeah. Don't worry about you know LeBron. It's right. You don't have to play in December anymore. You can just sit out till the next season because it's already over. I mean, mm-hmm. so the trade is the Warriors get Lillard and Ariza from the Trailblazers, and Portland gets Wiggins, Jordan Poole, Eric Pascal, Kevin Looney, the number two pick, next year's first round pick from the Warriors, and 2026's first round pick from the Warriors. 2026? Interesting. Yeah, we're going we're going deep, baby. <laughs> we're going deep, yeah. This, yeah, this was from Bleacher Report. Are we retired by then? Yeah, I mean, Dame might be as well. That whole Warriors team. That might be a good pick. That might be where the value that is. That could be trade. a very good pick. That's, what, that's be- what I just thought, yeah. Because the rest of these guys, the actual guys that are here, are bench guys. Kevin Looney yep. has played in finals games. He hasn't played great. Eric Pascal showed flashes. He was an all... He was an on- was he all rookie first team? At least second team. He was on one of the teams this year. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, Jordan Poole is a project at best. He's maybe a 3 and D guy. Don't know. We'll see how he turns out. And, and Wiggins, Wiggins is Wiggins. Wiggins is Wiggins. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you. I'm off Wiggins completely. I'm not a fan. I've never been a fan, really. Yeah. I, I didn't trust his his spurt at the start of this season, you know, where it looked like. Oh, here we go. Wiggins has got more efficient. He's I taking the right he, shots. Yeah. yeah, no. I didn't believe no. it for a second. We've seen it before, so... I mean... <laughs> and we'll probably see it again. Yeah. <laughs> this would be Portland rebound rebuild mode. Uh, getting the number two pick in this year's draft, also not a great prize for giving up no. your generational star. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't done much draft or any draft stuff on this on this pod yet, but quick little overview: it's pretty rough at the top. You're not getting there's there's a lot of question marks up at the top, mm. um, and so well, there's been a lot of talk about the Warriors moving moving off number two for a, for a bona fide guy. Um, I think that's by far the smartest move they could do. Oh yeah, this, for, sure, for sure. In this year's draft, and I mean. This tra- yeah, this is definitely a fantasy trade, I think. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, no way this happens. And, like, even on court, does it really work? Yeah, it does remain. <laughs> with, with Curry, Lillard, and Clay all on the court, it works. That's a very small backcourt. I don't care. And that's a <laughs> lot of ball handlers and a lot of high-volume guys. Good offense over good defense. Like, I, know, I know Steph played with KD. I have a feeling it won't work as well with Dame. Also, yeah, Dame, Steph, Clay, one, two, three, and then wait, is Draymond involved in this deal? Is he still your power forward? He's, he's still he's still the Warriors' power forward. Oh, that is small, <laughs> but it's fun. It is fun. <laughs> it's fun. It's fast, and it's deadly. I like the idea. Imagine, <laughs> imagine if all three of those guys get hot. It's over. You don't win the game. You can't win. You, you just can't, you can't win. win. You literally can't win. I mean, you can't guard them anywhere under the three. Like, you have to start pressing at the half-court line. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like, 
You've got what the most half, most efficient half court shooter in the league from this year at least in Dame. Yeah, the guy Probably who like the guy who pioneered the shot. Yeah, in Curry. Yeah, and then Clay, who's got the all-time record for threes made in a game, and in a playoff game. Yeah, also, and maybe. just is the most like on fire player ever when he's actually hot. Like, yeah, like he's hot from he the miss. from the start. He's he's on fire. Like he doesn't have to get warm. Yeah, I mean, this would be highway robbery for the Warriors. Without a doubt. Oh, yeah. But I just wanted to bring it up because I thought it's fun to think about. The Blazers, the Blazers don't just leave them around. They delete their contact. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. The only thing that, I mean, at least you're getting rebuilding parts if you're the Trailblazers in this. I mean... I mean, you're getting three first-round picks, sure. Yeah, One you- we know isn't going to be amazing, at least in this year's. And next year's definitely won't be any good if it's the Warriors one and they have Damian Lillard. Okay, so, yeah, at least you get a swing at something this year. Yeah. You're number two. You know, yeah, the top of this draft, not filled with stars. But, well, what I should say is there's not a sure thing in this draft at the top. No. There's a lot, there's a lot of guys from, like, eight and back that are... Pretty, yeah, they're going to be good role guys. They're almost locks. But at the top of this draft is really, you could land a superstar or you could land a Hashim to beat. Like, yeah. it, could, it could really range that 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 bad. So, I mean, the Blazers could talk themselves into getting a superstar. They could talk themselves into Wiggins figuring it out. Yeah, they could talk themselves into that twenty twenty six first round pick, which if Curry, Clay, Dre, and Lillard are all retired, or at least pretty... oh, very much on the downside of their careers. Yeah, I mean that could be a very good pick. <laughs> and then, yeah, maybe Eric Pascal turns into a twenty point scorer on your maybe. terrible Blazers team. <laughs> I mean, maybe a lot of things, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. This was a fun one that I saw on Bleacher Report. Um, so, yeah, I think I think the Warriors <laughs> couldn't accept this quick enough. And obviously, yeah, I think the Blazers leave them on red. Yeah, I'm, I'm fully in agreement with you. Slide into the DMs if you're the Warriors, for sure. But the Blazers, not just yeah. leave them on red. Delete the, delete the contact. Part of me is, part of me is talking it's myself it's into the... Relationship. <laughs> Part of me is talking myself into the Blazers at least heart reacting it, but no. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I don't know. I think if you really want to trade Dame, you could get something more? Question mark? Oh, absolutely. Not, not question mark. Absolutely, yeah. You could absolutely get something better for Dame. Not a, not a pick this year, at least. I, I don't think you want a pick this year, but like... No, you'd want next year's... Whoever's projected to have next year's first. Number, number one overall Do you know much pick. about next year's draft? Yeah, it's stacked for me. It's stacked. It's stacked. Okay. There's a, yeah. So, yeah. I don't know all of the guys next year's draft, but watching guys like Mike Schmitz from Draft Express, there's probably three or four guys that would go ahead of projected number one in this year's draft in next year's okay. draft. Yeah. Yeah, but in this trade, you get probably what the thirtieth pick in next year's draft. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no way you can convince me that. Lillard, Curry, and Thompson, and Draymond don't win the title. You could convince me. You could convince me that that defense, no defense. Just they also have a trade exception. Do you know about this trade exception they have? Uh, I don't. It's from the Iggy trade. It's seventeen million dollars. 
17? Yeah. So they could just oh. they could just find a guy they like for seventeen million dollars and trade the exception for him without swapping anything else. They could okay. Now you now now we're talking. Now we're talking. <laughs> so if there if there's a big out there that you know you might fancy against Anthony Davis, I reckon this team is pretty impossible. But yeah, obviously is not there, happening. Obviously is not happening. There are big out there that anyone fancies against Anthony Davis. Probably not, but no more than more than Draymond anyway. Sure. All right, let's move on to my next one. Now, this one isn't fun, unfortunately. This one's quite a technical trade, in fact, and there's a lot of pieces in this one, but I'll go through it. So, uh, this one, I'm, I'm thinking it might be a little bit too much. Sorry, I'm skipping over one of them. I'm going to the next one, if you're looking. Okay, okay. yeah. Yep. Um, so, the Pacers receive Mike Scott from the 76ers, Tim Hardaway Jr., the Hawks 2020 second round pick from the 76ers, the 76ers 20 22nd round pick, and the Warriors 2020 second round pick from the Mavs. The Mavs receive Al Horford, Victor Oladipo, and the Lakers 2020 second round pick. And the Sixers receive Delon Wright, Justin Jackson, Dougie McBuckets, and Dwight Powell. This is hang on, let it's me just trade. wrap my, let me just wrap my head around this. It is a trade. It certainly is a trade. Okay. No, and no first round picks are being moved. No, not a single first round pick. I feel like you could definitely consolidate some of these second rounders into a first rounder somewhere. But probably, oh, yeah. Where I did you get this? The... Did you come up with this? <laughs> I didn't. I I could never come up with this. No, I was looking on the ESPN trade machine or whatever it is, and I was like just looking at oh, trade NBA's trade machine, and I was just looking at recent trades and popular trades right. from the last day. That's where my first trade came from as well, actually. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All my. Yeah. All mine. Except for the one I came up with, are uh, are from Bleacher Report, by the way. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> it's a trick. Yes, start us off from this. Let me just digest this. Tell me your thoughts. Okay. So let's let's go team by team here. The Pacers essentially essentially the Pacers give up Victor Oladipo. They get Tim Hardaway, Mike Scott, who's whatever, and then three second round picks. Okay. What do you think in that aspect? Let's start okay. there. So this all depends on how. Oladipo bounces back because if he's not the same guy that he was when he was an all-star, then this is defensible at least. I mean, Tim Hardaway is a, Tim Hardaway is a guy still under contract till the end of the 2021 season. So he's got okay. that two, two more years left. Um, no, that's and for the, the end of the 2021 season. Oh, is it? 2020 oh. and 2021. Oh, it is two. 22. Yeah. 2020, 2021. Okay, so he's got one more year left. Mm. I like it less now. Mm. <laughs> but then again, so does Oladipo. And Oladipo wants out. We've we've established that he wants out. Really. That is true. I'm pretty sure he wants out. Yeah. Um, um, so Tim Hardaway, three second rounders for Oladipo. You could probably get more. You can definitely get more, I think. You can at least get a first. Which, also, I they mean... Up, um, Dougie McBuckets. Uh, you don't want to do that, do you? <laughs> no, you don't. You don't. Uh, for for the Pacers, I would say a heart react. I think they'd think about it. They'd really look at Oladipo's medical and how he played in the bubble. Um, leaning towards a left on red, though. I mean, you could yeah. probably get you could probably get more for Oladipo right now. Yeah. All right. So the Mavs essentially give up uh, Tim Hardaway. Uh, is wait is Delon Wright a Mavs player? Sorry, I, I, 
He is a Mavs DeLon player. Wright, DeLon, Ro- DeLon Wright, Dwight Justin Jackson, and Dwight Powell are all Mavs. Um, yeah. Yeah, so you're giving those four players up and a second-round pick for Victor Oladipo, a second-round pick, and you have to take on Al Horford's contract, which... I don't know. It's like if it was just for Victor Oladipo, absolutely no question in my mind. Like you definitely want that. But taking on Al Horford's contract is it's 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 something. It's definitely something. It's definitely not a no brainer. Um, like I don't yeah. think Al Horford's a terrible fit for them either. But like no, yeah. So what I'm thinking is this is pr- this is pretty good talent wise coming back for the Mavs. This is. These are the guys that they sort of want around Luca. Um, again, this depends on how Oladipo comes back next season. But assuming that you get at least 90, 80% of all star Oladipo, I mean, around Luca, that's still pretty good. Like, yeah. That's, and around, you know, all, uh, sorry, Luca and Russ are different players, but. Oladipo's been around lead ball handlers like that before. Yeah. Um, so at least he's sort of used to it and has been at least effective in his in his one season at the Thunder there. Uh, yeah, Horf- Horford is the... I think he's he's still better than what he showed at the Sixers. Yeah. At least for the Sixers, I hope he is. Um, like, but that I mean, contract... You could also talk me into... You could talk me into the idea that you know they the Mavs could win a title, even with Al Horford as dead weight with Luca, Porzingis, and Oladipo. That's a pretty solid big three if Victor Oladipo does return to eighty ninety percent of form. You yeah, know, even if they are carrying Al Horford as a bit of dead weight and he is preventing them from like getting a bit more depth, you could still talk me into you know them being a very very good team. That is yeah. Actually, looking at his contract, I'm gonna see. I'm gonna say the Mavs lead them on uh, red because they are keeping themselves open for Giannis. True, true. Yes, that does, that does lock them up quite a bit. But you know, and if if they have Horford, there's no way that they can. No, I mean he'll be in the last year of his deal. Come come that free agency, so maybe you could move him, but you still have to take that salary back. So yeah. I uh, just for that reason alone, I'd say the Mavs leave them on red, but not not looking too far into the future. Say if this was for next season, but obviously trades don't work like that. But even still, no. um, talent wise, I think this is. I think the Mavs would say yes to this for the guys okay. they're giving up. They would they would say yes to this. Yeah, and the Sixers get Delon Wright, Justin Jackson, Dougie McBuckets, and Dwight Powell essentially to get off of. Uh, Al Horford's contract, and they have to also give up uh, three second rounders this year. I think that's worth it to get off Horford. Honestly, I think, I think so. I think so. I think the Sixers say yes to this because mm. I liked Alon Wright. I think he's great backup. Justin Jackson is sort of a project. Dougie McBuckets is a shooter that they need. They can do it. Yeah, he can. He can get to the rim. I feel like he's the right kind of guy for them. Yeah. Has he been on the Sixers before? He feels like a guy that's been with the Sixers. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. He's bounced around at all. And Dwight Powell, I mean, you've got him beat there, so I don't know how effective he'll be, but a backup in Dwight Powell is a pretty good backup. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the Mavs were, the Mavs really liked Dwight Powell. And like, he started for them until he got injured this year. Yeah. But, um, 
Yeah, so summing up this monster of a trade for me at least, I think the Pacers the Pacers heart react. The Mavs the Mavs leave them on red and the Sixers uh, slide in those DMs. Yeah. For me, I'd say I, I mostly agree with you. I think the Mavs think about it a bit more though. Um so just Victor Oladipo sounds like enough to, you know, at least, you know, warrant returning to the conversation at some point. So I'd say uh, Pacers and Mavs both heart react and the six are slided. And, and uh, yeah, this this trade probably still exists even a couple weeks into the into the season if Oladipo's that hell-bent on getting out of Indiana. Um, oh, yeah. If, if you can see that he's uh, returning to form, I think the Mavs would definitely consider it more, but also the Pacers would expect more in return if if Oladipo's back. Okay. All right. Do you want to move on to your third one? Let's do it. So <clears throat> this next one's around the number one pick. It's it's the T-Wolves receiving Aaron Gordon and Chuma Akeke uh, for James Johnson and the number one pick. And no. this is a could you get any less for the f- number one overall pick than this? Mm. Could you could you try and receive less of a package for the <laughs> number one overall pick in the NBA draft? I just I just wouldn't do it. I just Does it get do worse? It. Also, uh, also the Wolves would get the fifteenth pick in this Wonderful. draft. I don't care. <laughs> at least I mean, you could talk yourself into having a more secure pick at fifteen than one, but still, I mean. I've got a few notes here. Aaron Gordon this season shot 43% from the field as a power forward, as a dunker and a roll man. Um, in fairness, in fairness, they, they tried to make him not just a dunker and a roll man. It didn't work, obviously, but they tried. They did try, and he shot 30, 30% from three in doing so. So also not great. Hey, the only hey, ever- 30%, 30% from three was great 10 years ago. <laughs> that's where Aaron Gordon belongs is yeah. in the NBA 10 years ago or 20 years ago Yeah, um, this is a dude that would be traded for the number one pick who's averaging 14 points a game and is the second consecutive season that his points per average has dropped from a career high of 17 points per game yeah I mean I see I see where the fit comes into this for the T-Wolves they get a forward to put alongside Cat and a roll yeah. man for, for D'Lo. But you can get someone better than Aaron Gordon. Mm. And like, yeah, Chumo Keke, he went 16th or something last year, missed all, the, missed all this year with an ACL injury. So we don't really know what he's going to be. I mean, draft guys were kind of high on him where he went last year. But, I mean... You'd rather have you'd rather swing on the number one pick than Chuba KK yeah. and the fifteenth yeah. pick. I mean, See, what, what really gets me about this trade is the fact that you know it it feels so wrong to have Aaron Gordon, D'Angelo Russell, and Colin Fitzgerald all the same team. It's just like you you're just gathering up guys from like that were drafted around that time who kind of haven't paired out all that much or like have struggled in various roles, and like you're just throwing them together hoping it works. Yeah, it's like oh, you didn't work there. You haven't worked here, and you also haven't worked there. So let's just put you all together, and hopefully, and it'll see work. what happens. I, I, I mean, honestly, yeah, this is 
probably the worst return for a number one pick you could get. And I think it's, and I don't think it gets much better for this year's number one pick anyway. I honestly honestly think picks two and three, or at least pick two, has more value than pick one. Why is that? Because with pick one, you know, the top three guys in this draft are Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, and LaMelo Ball. There's a bit of Denny, Denny hype and a bit of Killian Hayes hype, but they're not really seriously contenders for the number one pick. So if you have the number one pick, you have, oh, you know, you've got three guys to choose from. But with the second pick, there's only two guys that you could miss on instead of three. So yeah. there's, there's almost less chance of you fucking up, up fucking up yeah. with the second pick than there is with the first. True, mathematically, yeah. <laughs> so, I could see why the T-Wolves want to get out of it, maybe, but I also don't see why they'd get Aaron Gordon for it. Yeah. Oh, I mean... No. Just no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I also think the T-Wolves are dumb enough to accept this trade, but... <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Probably. I think right, they... What about... Sorry, no, go the, ahead. Yeah, well, I was going to say, for the Magic, they accept this yeah. in a heartbeat. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean they're, they're, I think they're ready to move on from Aaron Gordon as they're, for some reason, at least their number two player, weirdly. I couldn't tell you who was on the Magic. I mean, I actually, Vooch, I, Fournier. I actually want to dedicate an entire episode of Stat Stuffers to making the Magic a competent team. Where we just... Fuck. Where we, <laughs> where we just, because they seem to have a log jam in every single position. Yeah. They've so got, they've got good players at every position, just no one great. Yeah. We need to do a, a trade episode, a GM DMs episode, where we just sort the magic out. We make as yeah. many trades as we need. We make some hires. It's, yeah. Yeah. I so mean, like, that's if you were an episode me, down the road. If you were to ask people, like, what's the most average team in the NBA? It's the magic. And, you know. At least the number one pick is higher than average. It's higher than number 15. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, yeah, Orlando slides in and the T-Wolves, I think they heart react it. <laughs> I think the T-Wolves are red. <laughs> I mean, yeah, not saying whether or not they should, but I think they do. <laughs> yeah, okay. Fair, fair. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my, that was my garbage trade of the, of the lot. Well, I've got a I've got a pretty garbage trade here, at least from my perspective. So, um, <laughs> I've called this one somebody's a Cavs fan. Um, so in this trade, the Denver Nuggets receive Colin Sexton, Kevin Love, and I don't know who says his name Nazir. Yep, Nazir Little. N- Nazir Little. Uh, the Blazers receive Will Barton, and the Cavs receive Michael Porter Jr., Gary Harris, and Trevor Ariza. This was just like my no, absolutely not trade. No, no, no. You think this is a Cavs fan? They're getting MPJ for Colin Sexton, essentially, and they're getting off Kevin Love's contract? Yeah, but the Nuggets are getting Colin Sexton. Colin Sexton averaged... Colin Sexton's good, don't get me wrong, but... Colin Sexton averaged 20 this year. Did you know that? I know, I know. But, like, I wouldn't trade MPJ for him. I don't know. I kind of like this for the Nuggets. That's why I brought it. I thought you might like have a little bit of a less skewed perspective on this. Okay, so yeah, looking at it for the Nuggets, Colin Sexton. I mean, he, he would he would fit the offense. He would fit the offense 
for a six-man role. A six-man role, okay. Hey, I don't think he starts over Murray. Oh, and... I was alongside Murray because you're also giving up Gary Harris and Will Barton in this deal. That is true. You don't have any other guards. Yeah, that is true. Jamal Murray, Monte Morris, and then Colt Sexton. Okay, which is an incredibly small backcourt. That is a tiny backcourt. You're right. Yeah. Um, Kevin Love, I like for the Nuggets. Weirdly, is a, is a floor spacer. He's a he's rebounder. Just Paul, he's just going to be Paul Millsap. You, he's just going to be. He's Paul he's a different player than he's a he's a better rebounder than Paul Millsap, and that's what you sort of. But he's younger than Paul Millsap is the thing. It's like he's going to be what Paul Millsap was when the Nuggets first signed him. It's just going to be another Paul Millsap contract. Paul Millsap never rebounded as good as Kevin Love did. True. Like not even close, really. Like Kevin Love was is like in his heyday was like an all time rebounder. I know. Yeah, fifteen boards a game at some point, I think. Yeah. So like he and he still gets like nine or ten this like a game. So yeah. I like him for that. Um and for the three-point shooting. Nazir Little's a fun little project. Um, he was projected top 10 last year, earlier in the season, uh, of that college season. Um, obviously dropped down to 28th or something like that, or 20th for the Blazers. But um, yeah, he, he could be something. Um, an energy sort of wing defender guy. I don't, yeah, I don't hate it. I mean, I kind of like... I like it's a giving up kind of what they're going to get back. Like they're giving up a backcourt so they can get Colin Sexton. They're giving up a wing defender in Gary Harris so they can get Nizzy Little. And they're giving up guys they... in sort of worse positions, like worse positionally, but in the same position, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like MP- MPJ's. Kinda... Yeah. MPJ's the same size as Kevin Love, pretty much, but he plays totally different. And yeah. Colin Sexton would almost be forced to play either the one or the two, but he's not a. He's not a defender like Harris is all the same size. And neither's Murray. No. So yeah. And then you've got Monte Morris off the bench who's like six one, I want to say. Yeah, if that, yeah. It's um, it's just there's just no defense. Like you're losing any semblance of defense. Like I mean, say what you will about Paul Millsap, but like he sometimes isn't terrible at defense. Yeah, and Gary Harris is at least competitive. Yeah. And um, well, it's not terrible, uh, at least on the perimeter. Yeah. I mean, this is a weird trade to look at. <laughs> I mean, okay, the Blazers, they get Will Barton and they just give up Trevor Ariza and uh, Nazir Little, essentially. Yeah, I, would, I, think, I think the I Blazers think do, do that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if they, they want to contend They traded now. Will Barton to the Nuggets, so they get him back. Yeah, I mean, it depends <laughs> how much they like Nazir and how much you know they're willing to go all in now compared to maybe just... Stay the course and let some young guys develop. Um, I feel like, like Will Barton would be a great six man for them. He would. <laughs> he absolutely would. Yeah. That that's also part of the reason why I hate it for the Nuggets because it's like you're saying Colin Sexton is a six man. Well, what about Will Barton? He's already there. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the Nuggets say no to this as much as I think it's it's pretty cool to look at and at least think about. Mm. Uh, the Blazers it's absolutely to see just like a bunch of players that like actually you know, are kind of names in the NBA. Or yeah. I mean, for the Cavs, this is pretty. This is a pretty perfect deal. I mean, Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> you get a veteran in a razor. You get a better fit next to Garland um, in Harris. And you get another, an, you know, another high potential guy in MPJ. Yeah. So, That's yeah, why you, were, you were right. Yeah, you, you were right, Ramiz. Somebody is a Cavs fan with this. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and this was this was from uh, from Bleacher Report. So, oh really? Yeah. Oh, I actually, gonna... there was a way worse trade than that. There was an awful one in there. Actually, so it was it was this document of like it was from the trade deadline. It was like oh, realistic moves to make in the off season. They suggested trading Bear Bio and Tyler Hero for Bradley Beal. Yeah, well, that's not happening anymore. No, no. There's still a lot of hero for Beal talk, though. Hmm. Um, obviously not Bam and Hero. That would be no soul crushing. Um, and on the sorry, uh, as well, also on that same document, they suggested trading uh, John Collin for the second overall pick in this draft. If the Warriors got that deal, they'd accept it. Yeah. <laughs> Why would the Hawks? <laughs> I mean. They got Clint Capella now. <laughs> they don't need him. <laughs> they don't play the same position. Well, they kind of do. John Collins was the five for them when he wasn't being suspended. Um, yeah, but back to <laughs> back to yeah. this deal. It <laughs> was, was a bad set of trades. <laughs> Bleacher Report. Ha- Bleacher Report has some stinkers sometimes. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, the Nuggets. Leave him on. Leave, Nuggets leave, leave him, him on red. red. Blazers slide in those DMs, and the Cavs also slide, slide in, in those, those DMs. DMs. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, do you want to get to your last one? My last one. This, ladies and gentlemen, is one that I've come up with. Um, oh, okay. Right. Sorry. Oh, I had a, I had a fourth one that I hadn't come up with. I thought we were okay, each okay. finding four and then coming up with our own ones. So should I go with my fourth one? Yeah. Then? Let's do that. Let's do that. Okay. So the fourth one that I also saw. Uh, was this one's a much, much, much simpler one? Uh, the Wizards receive Drew Holiday and Lonzo Ball, and the Pelicans receive John Wall. And is this 2017? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> this makes a lot of sense in 2017. <laughs> this would be, yeah, this would be, this is interesting for different reasons. Yeah, <laughs> in in 2017 and in 2020. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, trying to. I, I mean, mean kind why, of makes sense. The only thing is, why would the Pelicans? Why would the Pelicans gamble on Wall? I think it's just the idea that, like, look, if they've got Zion, they want like a really just great passer. I I think he's like, you know, you want someone to kind of run the offense and really get the ball into you know your your big men and guys who aren't necessarily ball handlers in the same sense. Um, you know, I think Drew Holiday can do that, but I think John Wall would probably be able to do it better. Yeah. I don't know. I think the Wizards are still getting the... No. I was almost going to say it, Ramiz. I'm not going to say it. John, John Wall's my boy. I was going to say the Wizards almost got the best player in the deal anyway, as well no, as a no, young they're guy. Not. They're but not. are they? Are you sure? I would take Drew Holiday. I would take John Wall over Drew Holiday, for sure. Well, that's They're assuming, the same age. Yeah, but one has played games in the last two seasons, and one has. <laughs> like you're remembering John Wall of when he last played, which may be a very different John Wall to yeah. the one we're about to see when he comes back. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, to me, it's like the Pelicans are kind of getting what they have. If it works out, they're getting what they have, but better, and they're kind of. I don't know. It seems just pretty equal. 
But what if it doesn't? That John Wall contract is... It's bad. It's Very probably bad. the worst in the league, especially if he comes back rough. Yeah. Um, I'd say, yeah, I think the Pelicans are still too young to try and mortgage their future like this. So I'd say, I'd say the Pelicans uh, leave them on red. For the okay. Wizards, yeah, they'd do this in a heartbeat. They'd absolutely slide in those DMs. You get a young point guard in Lonzo Ball who has looked rough at times, but has also showed flashes of, you know, playmaking and defensive sort of defensive. I don't know what the word is. He's really good on Prowess. defense is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, Andrew Holiday, who's still, what's he got? One year or two years left on that deal? Not very long. I think it's two, maybe. Yeah, but it's still an effective guy. So who could play off Lonzo? So yeah, yeah. I think the Wizards would say this, but would say yes to this, but the Pelicans, no. The only reason I, the only reason I think the Wizards wouldn't like do this in a heartbeat is because, um, uh, sorry, like they they just haven't really had John Wall and Bradley Beal playing well together, and Bradley Beal's really kind of you know, sh- uh, shot and become a star while John Wall has been injured and out. It's like you know, if John Wall comes back and he's what he was beforehand. And Bradley Beal could kind of still be who he is now. They could kind of be what people expected them to be. I think like the Wizards would at least want to try it, maybe. Maybe, but I also don't think you can pass up a chance to get off his contract. No, no. Especially one where you get back as favorable, favorable as players and deals as the ones they're getting back. Plus, Drew Holiday and Bradley Beal. I'd like to see that too. Like, imagine a world where. Bradley Beal doesn't have to play defense and it's like okay because they have another yeah. defender. Yeah. Like I mean, the Wizards were a joke on defense this year. They yeah. were they were losing games where they put up 150 points. So, hmm. you know, didn't didn't Bradley Beal lose back-to-back 50-point games this year? I think so. Something like that, something <laughs> that ridiculous. Familiar. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so I don't think yeah. I don't think the Wizards would pass up on this. Yeah, I think Wizards slide in. I think I think Pelicans heart react it. They they think about it. They they at least can talk themselves into John Wall being good. Yeah, I guess. I don't think they can talk themselves into that contract though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All, right, All right, so we'll go to my you've made. my one. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what happens with CP3 this off season. I want him to go somewhere because we, we saw this year he's still got it. And I want him to go somewhere where he can still have it where the winning is is also bound to follow. And so I don't really want him to go to a place where he's sort of... I want him to go to a place where they're, they're already going to be solidified winners without him. Yep. I want him to get them over the top, not sort of get them there. So the deal is the Bucks receive Chris Paul... And Danilo Gallinari, who will have to have a sign and trade, and the twenty-fifth pick, while the Thunder receive Chris Middleton, Eric Bledsoe, Ilya Sova, and Dante Divincenzo, and the twenty-fourth pick. Thing is, I also made almost this exact same trade, and I was like, I think this is what Dylan's going to do, so I made a different one. Really? Yeah. I thought I uh-oh. I did not I did not involve Gallinari, and I did not involve Middleton. I had. 
Chris Paul for Iliusova, DiVincenzo, Bledsoe, and the pick. And then the Thunder don't give up any picks or anything. And then also another future pick for the Thunder. Yeah. See, I that was initially what I started with uh, also. <laughs> that was going to be my initial trait. But I thought, oh, we'll make it a bit more interesting. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll, this, will, this, would be, this would be pretty a ridiculous trade to go down. Well, great minds think alike because we went the same <laughs> The exact same direction. So for the Bucks. Chris Paul is, I think we, Chris Paul's the veteran leader that I think they need. They need now. Yep. Obviously, he doesn't have the playoff, you know, record that suggests that. But we all know that Chris Paul's a guy who, you know, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, more than Eric Bledsoe ever could or can. Um, now he's got he's only got two years left on that deal. That's a year after. Giannis is done. I think that's that's interesting because maybe that gives Giannis a sense of security to say to resign. Yeah, I'm I'm coming at least I'm coming back to Chris Paul if I resign. Yeah, um, even if it's for a one year deal like we saw LeBron do uh, with the with the Cavs over and over again. Yeah, the second stint there. Yeah, the one plus one. Gallinari, I I have him here signing a one year deal so that way. If Giannis leaves, he can leave. That's insurance for him and incentive for him to go to the Bucks. Okay. And also, if Giannis comes back, he can come back on a longer deal or a more favorable deal. Okay. Um, and I just have the Bucks moving down a pick because essentially the Bucks and the Thunder would swap picks in this year's yeah. draft. Yeah. Um, for the Thunder, this is. This is a pretty good deal to get back for Chris Paul, essentially, because if Gallinari doesn't do the sign and trade, I don't think he's coming back to the Thunder anyway. No, I doubt it. I mean, he's already posted on Twitter. Did you see? <laughs> where am I going gra- next? Yeah. yeah, where am I going next? And it does, definitely doesn't look like the Thunder is an option there. I think so, he, put a clar- he put a clarification out saying, like, oh, he could stay. No, I didn't see that. Obviously. Yeah. Obviously, that never gets reported. Yeah, (laughs) but the Thunder get back competent guys. Like they get back Eric Bledsoe, who's competent. You know, Mm -hmm. he's not a playoff guy, and honestly, I kind of hate Eric Bledsoe. But at least he can make stats happen. Um, Chris Middleton would be a nice wing guy, someone a wing guy that they've the Thunder have been sorely missing since. KD's been there, or was yep. there? Um, yeah, uh, next to SGA as well. Yeah, exactly. Another long guy. I mean, this could be a pretty good defensive team between hmm. SGA, Eric Bledsoe, and Stephen Adams and Chris yep. Middleton. Um, Ilya Sova is just sort of there to make the money work, and David Chenzo yep. is another interesting young player. Young guy. Yeah, he's a uh, he's yeah he's made he's played some playoff minutes. He's made some interesting developments since he's been with the Bucks, And they move up a pick in the draft, which I don't know how valuable that is, but something. I And I am I would absolutely believe that the Bucks would throw in more picks if needed. Yes, yeah. trade. Yeah. Especially with Giannis' free agency looming. I think that, yeah, I think that's a great trade. Like, I mean, I like I said, I made a very similar trade thinking, yeah, this works. Um, obviously, you know, I had less involvement with Gallo and Chris Milton, but I, I think that makes it a lot more favorable, actually, especially for the Bucks. 
Um, and I don't know. I was always worried the Thunder aren't getting back enough. You know, you could definitely say Chris Middleton is enough. And he's only 29, which is kind of insane. He feels like he's been around for ages. Chris Middleton's only 29. Like, he's still got... He's on a, he's got four years left on that deal, I think. So it'll be 33, maybe, or 34 probably by the time the season starts. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's still a guy. You know, he's obviously on a big deal, but I think he's still a guy that could be worth at least most of that money as he gets older. I mean, yeah, and, and it makes sense, I guess, from the Bucks' perspective, because, like, I think I said this a couple of weeks ago, even, or it would have been a while ago, but it was kind of like how the Raptors were built uh, two seasons ago, how, you know, their best player wasn't their on-court leader. You kind of bring in an on-court leader, and then you can just let Giannis be your best player. He doesn't need to be your on-court leader, because you've got Chris Paul, who's, you know, one of the best on-court leaders you can get, really. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really is what the Bucks need because yeah. you sort of consolidate your star power with Chris Paul and Giannis instead of Giannis and then kind of Middleton and kind of Bledsoe. Yeah. It's it's definitely Chris Paul and Giannis. So it's a solid third as well. And yeah, Gallo's Gallo's definitely a solid third. Um so I yeah maybe even yeah the Bucks might even have to throw another pick in here. But um yeah, no, I think this works out pretty well for both teams. Yeah, I think both teams slide in. I, I, I really like that deal, actually. I think the I think the Thunder heart reacted. I don't know if they completely sold on it straight away. There might be a better deal for Chris Paul out there that I'm not thinking of, but potentially, yeah, def, definitely leaning towards the the slide in. Yeah, yeah. The only thing that gets the only thing that gets to me about um you know bringing another guy to be kind of your on court leader is you know when you look back over the last, like, 10, 15 years, when teams have kind of done that, brought in another guy to just be your best player, but you still have your, you know, on-court leader. Kyle Larry was that guy. Steph Curry was that guy when you brought KD in. Um, uh, D. Wade was kind of that guy when you brought LeBron in. They were always there before the star came in, which I think could mean something. It's like, you know, does the team, you know, is the team willing to just, like, say, yeah, Chris Paul, you're our guy. We we trust you to lead us while Giannis is our best player if you haven't been here before. Okay, yeah, that, that's a good point, actually. Um, sort of the leader is there to guide the star into the system. Uh, is definitely something that makes sense when you say it, you know. Yeah. The leader already has respect of the guys around the team and then they grandfather in the, the star. As opposed yep. to the star, who I'd, I'd imagine Giannis is, has got the respect of his teammates. Oh, for sure. But, and I guess he's their default leader now, so maybe that's enough to get Chris Paul into the mix until he becomes the actual leader. Yeah. At least on the court. Um, so I think, yeah, it's definitely a valid point what you're bringing up. And I've, I haven't thought of that before, but... um. Uh, yeah, that could definitely play a role because Chris Paul's not the easiest guy to get along with. We've seen no. that a fair bit. But with um with Giannis so dedicated to winning a title, and and I'd imagine that Bucks organization is now being kicked into gear uh to try and keep Giannis around and make moves. Um also Chris Paul helps helps Bud 
I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who needs all the help he can get? Yeah. Um, someone who looks scared in the in the playoffs to try anything different. I mean, we might just see the first player coach since Bill Russell and Chris Paul. Yep. <laughs> um, but no, that's def- that that leadership point's definitely definitely interesting. See, and the reason I bring it up is because I, like I said, I knew you were going to go for this route. Like I, I just knew you were going to go down this route, which is why I, I changed mine, but not enough to make it a completely different trade. My trade is the Chris Paul trade that I suggested before, but for Carl Lowry and not Chris Paul. It's the exact same trade. It's um, Dante DiVincenzo. It's um, actually, it's Dante DiVincenzo, Eric Bledsoe, DJ Wilson. You don't need to give up Ursan for the money. Like Ursan doesn't uh, matter in terms of money. And then a first round pick for Carl Lowry. The only difference is Carl Lowry has won a championship and he's just, he just seems like a nicer guy than Chris Paul. He does seem a bit more approachable guy. Yeah. And a guy that still shows up in big moments that we've, yeah. like, we've seen. I, I think it's, I, I don't think we need to talk about it too much. I think it's largely the same thing. Or, yeah, like, I mean... I, I would always say, like, Kyle Lowry is just your second option if you can't get Chris Paul. Yeah, pretty much. I mean... <laughs> yeah, maybe this is maybe this is a group message and just see who responds first. Yeah. The, the, Bucks, this, the Bucks send this to the Raptors and the, and the Thunder and just see who wants it more. Um, You're intending. You're, you're swiping right both times. That's exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Different play styles between Chris Paul and Larry. Um, Larry, I'd say, is uh, more of a shooter off the dribble, especially from three. Um, but Chris Paul's more of that playmaker that I think maybe the Bucks need more of than Larry shooting. But I mean, definitely as a as a plan B, I mean, Larry's the Larry's no slouch. Yeah, and in this in this trade, don't forget you're not giving up Chris Middleton either. So Chris Middleton still stays as your, as your second guy, um, and Kyle Lowry kind of just comes in as your third guy and your on court leader, which I think suits him better than being you know the second guy. If it was like you know similar to what you've said in some way, I don't know how Chris Middleton would end up on the Raptors. I think it would be a, a lot less likely for the Bucks to say yes, but the fact that they can keep Middleton, their definite second guy, who's been there with Giannis for years. Um, yeah, I think it would be something that would, at the very least, consider. I'd, I'd say heart react that, <laughs> see if see if the Chris Paul trade happens, and then you know, go go yeah. back over, rebound. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Larry is the rebound of the Chris Paul yeah. trade, but um, yeah, having Milton there is yeah true. I, I I kind of overlooked that. Um, yeah, no, that could definitely be. Effective and Larry could focus more on that playmaking if Middleton's still there to make his own shot and hit shots. Yeah. So that was your that was your creative trade, was it? Amazing? That was my creative trade. Like, <laughs> like I said, I went I went for Chris Paul, and then I was like, yeah, I'll just change it a little bit. That just shows how much we know each other, Ramiz. I can't. <laughs> it really it, does. It, it's also spooky season, so I mean, I mean, it's it's Halloween when we're recording this. It is the the night of Halloween. Um. <laughs> I'm kind of, yeah, I'm kind of blown away that you guessed it so good, Ramiz. You knew it at least, yeah. I just had a feel. I just had a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right. yeah, that's all the trades I've got, Ramiz. Yeah, I mean that's that's everything I brought. Obviously, I saw a lot of really terrible trades. <laughs> there was one other one I saw. It was basically just like, uh, sorry, who's the Suns' uh, backup center? Or like, 
Oh, I'm forgetting uh, who it was. Sean Holmes? But it was, no, it wasn't him. Okay, I'm, I'm blanking who it was, but it was some Suns guy, like a young, a nice, decent, young Suns guy um, to the Warriors, and Joel Embiid to the Warriors. The Warriors give up seven players and eight picks to those two teams, and no other trade is made. Oh, my God. <laughs> this was on the trade machine thing. And I, <laughs> I saw it, and I'm like, what? So, yeah, I'd have to look at that just for a laugh because yeah, there's no those are just people making whatever trades they want. <laughs> it is, it is. <laughs> um, yeah, that's we should do the we should do a best of NBA trade machine episode. <laughs> oh, I think there are be, some, be some beauties in there. There are some rough ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, any any other ones you come across like really quickly that interested you? Uh, I saw a headline for a Harden to Brooklyn uh, trade. I don't. I didn't see the. I think it was something along the lines of Dinwiddie, um, uh, Karis LeVert, and Jared Allen, and some picks, something like that. Okay. Um, I mean, seeing KD, seeing KD, Kyrie, and Harden on the same team would be pretty pretty sick. Um, yeah, no, a lot of sort of. Whatever trades, especially surrounding this number one pick, like Bleacher Report did a whole thing on what the on what the Wolves could do with this number one pick, and none of it seems very enticing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Apart from that, no, I'm excited to see what movement actually happens. I have a so feeling it's going to be. I have a feeling it's going to be quite off season. Well, yeah, I was listening to Bill Simmons, and he said when when trade rumors, like actual trade rumors, are pretty quiet, usually something happens. But true, but um, yeah, I think I'd agree, especially with the season up in the air about how long it's going to be and what's 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 actually going to happen. I think maybe a lot of teams take a break. Do you remember any like really just completely out of there, Bob, like out of nowhere, bombshell trades? Was the Russell Westbrook trade kind of like that? Yeah, I think it was. Mm. And I think if we did know about it, it was it wasn't long before it actually happened. No, like so. That one, uh, I don't. Th- I'm trying to think of the trades that have happened. Um, I mean, the I guess that... to New Orleans one. <laughs> yeah, at the time was... we knew we knew that was coming on. You know, when he was told about it, was that um was that Wiggins trade this year? Sort of out of the blue. That was kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. It's like what? Um, it's it seems like all the trades that are sort of like oh. Okay, come out of nowhere. I mean, obviously yeah. that Russ and Chris Paul one was pretty massive, but um, the Andre Drummond one is still my favorite trade ever this year. Oh, oh. that's that's one of the worst trades I've ever heard. I, I've ever <laughs> can you, yeah, can you tell me the people who were in that trade amazing? Because I certainly can't. It was Drummond Andre for Drummond, a second round pick. Yeah, that's right. I think there was literally just one player. I think it was just one player in a second round pick. Was it John Henson? It might have been. I don't know. I actually have no idea. I mean, it was the that... Cavs and Pistons. What? Like what? <laughs> Honestly, the greatest trade of all time. Kobe Altman <laughs> is a genius. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've given the Cavs. Why not? <laughs> That's literally the rationale. <laughs> was pff, why not? Yeah. I, I mean, mean I don't know what the Pistons' rationale was. Yeah. I don't like, know why they needed rebounders when they have Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson, but you know. 
And the Pistons are like, oh, yeah, may as well. <laughs> Second round yeah. pick. You can't, you can't pass up those. <laughs> no, those don't come around every year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Fun times. Right, well, that was the first episode and our first time playing uh, GM's DMs. Sorry, it's, I was about to say DM's GM's. <laughs> it is hard It is hard to get it in the right order. <laughs> All right. If you have enjoyed uh, listening to us play GM's DMs, uh, leave us a like on YouTube. Check us out on all of our social medias at StatStuffers or Stat underscore Stuffers on Instagram. Links are in the description of this episode anyway. Um, check us out on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star radio review. You can email us at StatStuffers5 at gmail.com. And, you know, just let us know if you had any... If you have any GMs DMs that you wanna you wanna share with us. But yeah, other than that, trades, guys. Yeah. And other than that, thank you for joining us. Peace. Peace.